Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get into the book of Ephesians. We've been there a while. We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. This is good stuff. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Look at this. So we talked about husbands and wives last week. Now, and I know a lot of you are like, uh-huh, this, I've been waiting for this. You're going to deal with the children now. This is right in Scripture. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Now notice, though, it says children. Children, obey your parents. All right? So if your kids aren't obeying you, at the house, they're under 18, and you know, sometimes kids stay at home and it's past 18 and they're not listening, it's time to go. It's time to go. Mom and dad were so gracious with us, they were, they were real clannish this way, and you know, let's be real, just kind of ethnic this way, they were like, hey, no rush, you can go to college, and mom didn't really want us to leave, I don't think, but uh, and dad was always great, he said, hey, I wasn't able to pay for your college, I'll get scholarships, but if you want to stay here, if you're going to be in town and go to school, Fine, but I have the rules of my house. They questioned me on coming home too late. It wasn't one of those Latin things about, hey, he just comes home whenever he wants. Boys will be boys. No. And it was interesting because past a certain age, because I had moved out at 19, and then I came back to finish college for a few years, and it was like this unspoken rule that I just wasn't going to come home too late. I was a man, but I was still living at their house, and I didn't have a real curfew, but one time I got home, and it was late. I was at a Christian buddy's house. It was like, I don't know, half a mile away, three-quarters of a mile away. He went to church here with me. Good friend of mine. I got home one night at like, or one morning, right? Come home early. It was real early, about 1.30 in the morning, and I thought, well, I, I'm cool. No harm, no foul. We weren't doing anything bad. I was at the guy's house watching movies or playing video games, something dumb, and I get home, and I went to sleep, and sure enough, I don't remember who it was. I think mom and dad asked me separately, say, hey, what time did you get home? And being the Christian that I was, I didn't straight out lie. <laughs> but I was deceitful. No, I was a lie. I said, I'm good at numbers. So once I see the number, I remember. I don't use a bookmark for my books because I look at the page number and I remember it. So I, I, have not, I don't have a foot to stand on. I, what was it about, what was it, like a little after midnight maybe? Or Dad's like, no, it was later than that. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Don't be coming home that late. Don't be coming home. Okay. So back to this. Children, children, obey your parents. But if you haven't gotten the gumption to get out the house yet, right, and you're over 18, then you need to go with your parents' rules. Were you going to say something, mijo, that contributed to that? Or is it too late? Uh-huh. Say, hey, you can be here. God bless you. You can eat tortillas with us. You can have menudo. You can whatever. But my house, my rules, right? Really? And they know your schedule. Are you 19 now? You're 20. Wow. All right. Well, all right. Yeah, interesting how that works. That's a, that's a whole other thing. So, children, obey your parents. 
But then it gets into this verse and says, honor your father and mother. Are you ever too old to honor your parents? No, and we're going to get into why. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Let's stop right there. I have seen people really dishonor their parents. I've seen some bad stuff. And don't get me wrong. Maybe I can't speak for you. Maybe y'all were just more godly than me, but I, I was disrespectful a few times. And I remember it, and I know it well, and there's some that I remember real well because Dad took care of it. didn't take long. It was taken care of. But just dishonoring your parents or, or making fun of them or just being mean to them, or uh, no, here's the deal. Children, obey your parents. And if you're, if you're staying at home and you're over 18, well, you're going to still need to obey in a lot of ways, right? Because you're still in their house. But then when you move out the house, you got to honor your parents forever, right? Got to always honor them. Good to see you. Welcome back. You've got to honor your parents. So to this day, my mom is in heaven. We honored her to the day that she went to see Jesus, man. We honored her. We did our best. I made my mistakes with them. But I'm going to tell you right now, people have over the years said, oh, yeah, you work here because it's your parents. I'm off. <laughs> Could you work with your parents? We had to have the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, two grown men working together, it's a dangerous thing sometimes. Say, what? What do you mean dangerous? Well, Dad and I were always strong-natured. We're different types of personalities, but there's things we disagreed on. We would bump heads, but I'm telling you, over the years, I just learned to humble myself. I saw Dad grow in grace. I saw me grow in grace. And for the most part, I just started growing up and learning to humble myself. And wow, we've been able to work together well. And to this day, my dad is my senior pastor, my mentor, my boss. We spoke about something today, and just... Just the respect we have for each other, it just it blessed me, man. It touched my heart. Here I am on my 40s, and my dad knows a lot more than me, but he listens to me. And there's some things that it's the final decision's mine, but there's other things when it comes down to it. He is the founding pastor of this ministry, English and Spanish. I'm going to go with what he says, whether I agree or not. And we were talking today, and man, the respect he showed me, I was respecting him, the respect he showed me, and he said, well, I'm not sure, I don't know, but let's talk some more. I said, okay. And so he thought about it, and he texted me later, and just on the same page, there's a big blessing when you can honor the authority in your lives. It's something special about that. This is a little off the subject, but had a guy contact me, and he was, he was asking some questions, and uh, I connected him with another gentleman, and the gentleman I connected with him with came back to me later and says, I don't know, man. When I, as soon as I got with this guy, he was talking bad about people. I, said, I, didn't feel, I don't know if I felt comfortable about him. Hey, I said, that's between you and God. We were communicating on another issue there, but always strange when you see people disrespect authority, and it always starts at the home. Why do you think the devil has always attacked the home life? Attack mom. Get her out of here. Get her on drugs or get the dad. Man, the dad is the favorite target of the enemy for people of all cultures and races. Attack dad. If you can mess up dad, you can get everybody hurt with authority in their family. And they blame God because humans go, wow, if, if God the Father is like my dad on earth, he made mistakes, and I don't know if I can trust God. And that is a plan of Satan. 
So no matter what, you say, man, I don't, I don't agree with my parents, or they don't serve God, or, or, or they're sick now, and they're, they don't have it all together. No, you always honor your parents. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know who this is for. I don't know if it's for someone on the live stream. But if you're still at home and you're having a hard time honoring your parents, you need to move out. You need to move out. You say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm home with them, but I, we're just disagreeing. And stuff. It's because you don't belong there anymore. It's time to go. You don't keep baby birds in the nest. Can you imagine? We're going to keep baby birds in the ne- nest forever. It's just a nest full of baby birds. They don't want to fly. That would be weird. They'd die in the nest, wouldn't they? So at some point, you got to go. And, and just, just a hint, this could be the live stream. It may be someone in here. I, I don't know. But just a hint, ladies don't find it attractive Young men, when you're still at the house at 38, 39, 40. It's like that movie, fail, Failure to Launch. you got to get out the house, really. Hey, girl, I'm going to do everything for you. Dude, you don't even pay your own electric bill. What are you going to get from me? Is there some common sense going on in the house? Y'all still here? All right, good, okay. Say, man, I'm going to give you the moon and the stars. Wait, are you working? No, but I have a plan. Good, go work the plan, man. Come back and see me, right? All right, still in Ephesians here. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. So you say, man, I disagree with my parents. What is the ancient age-old complaint? My parents are old-fashioned. Y'all would be surprised how old-fashioned I am. I got my grandpa's values. <laughs> People are like, what? You still believe it? Mm-hmm. I believe in scripture, I believe in old school stuff. But I remember being a kid going, oh, man, you, that sounds old timey. I remember telling my parents that. And now, boy, am I their son. Am I in my 40s going, I, man, they were smart, man. <laughs> Golly, my parents were smart. How did they know? My dad used to say, oh, oh, you think I'm stupid. Oh, oh, you think I'm stupid, huh? No, Dad, you're the smartest man in my life today. Even though I know I'm about to die, right? So <laughs> honor your parents no matter what. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. And I've got to reiterate this, even for adults. You say, man, I'm having a hard time with my parents or an older relative. And you may need to create some boundaries. Y'all still with me? You may need to create some boundaries. It's easier to respect and honor people when there are boundaries. All right? Somebody told me from the city planning department. Actually, it was, they told my brother, and my brother told me. Fences make for really, really good neighbors. I don't have any argument about your junk's over here, mine's over there, I'm in your business, you're mine. We got a fence. Hey, God bless y'all, love y'all, man. I like y'all, but I'm glad we got a fence. It's a boundary. Glad your dog's not over here. Mine's not over there. Whatever. Or trash or whatever. Glad. We got a boundary. Fences make for great neighbors. Boundaries make for great family relationships. All right? Let's move on to the next thing. This is powerful. Look at this. Verse 4. Now the kids go, "Uh uh-huh, but this is what happened here. You still got to honor mom and dad. This says fathers, okay? I believe it's a double meaning but if you look at the, at the Greek, fathers really just means parents. In Spanish, we say padres. Padre is the Spanish word for father. It just means mom and dad. It means parents, okay? 
Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So moms and dads, you got to treat your kids with respect, even though you're the head and you're older and you're wiser. But you still got to be kind to your kids. Don't just be mean to them. It says, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. <laughs> I remember growing up, and God forgive me, man. I thought I was real smart. I, I was learning scripture too, and I had a good memory. And mom and dad would get at me sometimes, and I would use, try to use the Bible against them. I remember I used this one a few times. I was like, yeah, but y'all shouldn't be provoking me to wrath, man. It didn't. I, honestly, if it had went well, I probably would have remembered it. I think I blocked it out. <laughs> hey, no, but y'all need to be nice. You know, that's, that's just, come on. Man. <laughs> it happened. I'm not proud of it, but it's under the blood of Jesus. right? <laughs> Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. At the same time, though, if there's some kids that ever listen to this message, younger kids, say, man, I'm at home. I feel controlled. It's their house. Is their house. You may feel a little controlled. That's okay. I need my space. Man, you're blessed. They gave you a room and let you stay in there. That's amazing. What a good deal, man. All right. Let's go on to the next verse. Now, this is going to throw some people off. Before we get into it, let's do some historical background. In the New Testament, you've got to really read for context. People have said, no, the Bible is condoning slavery in the New Testament. Even though after Jesus came, the Bible is condoning slavery. The Apostle Paul is condoning slavery. No, here's what was going on in the Roman Empire at that time. Some estimates have, have gone as high as 50% of the entire population of the Roman Empire. Half was slaves. Does that mean God wanted it to be that way? No, not necessarily. But it was the culture of the time and God was using it. I don't understand the mind of God. I, I, I do not condone slavery of any kind, for any color. That, that was terrible. But since the institution of slavery was there, the Apostle Paul was addressing it as a Christian. Somehow the Apostle Paul knew it wasn't his job to do away with slavery. He, I don't know if he even knew this, but God knew that at one point it would be done away with in many countries. Praise God. But look at how he deals with it. It's interesting. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Wow, even though you're in a really tough position, don't disrespect your master, okay? Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Wow, this is wild. You say, man, is this in my Bible? It is. Now look at this. And he's, he's making a comparison, though. The Apostle Paul's brilliant here. Look at what he does. He says, try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. We can use this for work, huh? Some people are, man, they're the best employee when the boss is there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, the boss leaves her home. Back on their phone, not doing their work. Using company time, whatever. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. So you got to, this is another lesson in honoring authority, even though the institution of slavery was not good, all right? But look at how the Apostle Paul turns this. He says, as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all of your heart. Real quick. What is God's will for you just by knowing the word? Go ahead. Give me some. Let's get you guys to think tonight. What is, what is God's will for you? I'll start y'all off if you need me to. To be righteous, yes. Scripture says God is not willing that any should perish. So he wants you to live and have eternal life. 
Righteousness is part of that. Anybody else? What's God's will for you? According to Scripture. Say, man, that's a tricky question. Scripture says it's his will to be in health. Jesus healed people. Jesus was God's will in the flesh. He was God's word made flesh. So we see that he was actually God's will being made manifest, doing God's will on earth. So healthy, blessed. Um, How about to walk in love? Is that God's will? How about to obey the laws of your country unless they violate God's word? All right. Thanks for all your answers. God bless you guys. Oh, whew, that tired me out. <laughs> I'm just messing. Y'all were like this. At least y'all were listening, though. People were like, I'm not answering that, Pastor Matt. That is a trick question. Was it Charlie Brown when I was a little boy? Do y'all remember Charlie Brown? The teacher said they were in class, and it was, it was the little redhead and the black-haired girl, and the, I think one of them called the girl Sir. I don't know why. Do y'all remember those two? They were in class, and the teacher said, hey, what's five times, times seven? And the girl raised her hand and said, green. And the other one looked at her and said, why would you say green? It's, it's this answer. He said, I thought it was a trick question. So try to please them all the time. <laughs> Thanks again. Not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Let's keep going. Work with enthusiasm. This is for everybody. Come on. Are you seeing this? Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You ever hired somebody to do something and they're just outside picking their nose? I remember years ago we bought a property over here, me and some partners, on the corner of Roxana and something, right over here. And I remember we drove by one time and there was a guy, he was supposed to be out there helping a crew of guys. And I'll never forget the guy was standing out there like this with his hands on his hips. And he didn't know, he didn't, I don't even know if he knew that I was one of the partners that managed that piece of property. They were supposed to be cleaning up, but the dude was standing out there like this. And he was looking so deeply into outer space that I could almost imagine what he was seeing. But he wasn't working. So I remember I called the guy and I said, hey, what's up with that dude? And I made a play on words. It may not be nice. You know, have you guys heard of living la vida loca? But I drove by and I said, hey, what's up with him? He looks spaced out. Is he living la vida mota? Mota is a Spanish word for weed. So I, I said, what's going on with him? He looks spaced out. He said, he better not, right? And they took care of it. But I remember at that time I thought, man, this guy's supposed to be getting paid to do a job. And he's out there like this, not working as under the Lord. but And he may have been spaced out. But... Look at this verse. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do, whether we are slaves or free. Wow. Powerful. Let's go on to the next verse. Once again, now he's dealing with the masters. Look at this. This is crazy. He said, man, Pastor Matt, you should have just skipped this. Well, it's in the Bible, so we're going to hit it verse by verse. We're doing every verse in Ephesians. The Apostle Paul, is a, he is addressing an institution that was going on. It was wrong, but it, I'm telling you, estimates are that 30 to 50% of the population of the Roman Empire at one point were slaves. So it was something that needed to be addressed by the Christian faith. And if it wasn't time to abolish it all yet, well, it needed to be addressed in a Christian way. Look at what he said. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. He's saying don't even threaten them. 
Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Wow. What does the next verse say? A final word. Oh, this is good. This is where it gets really good. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I like how the King James says it. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So be strong in the Lord. He's about, to, he's about to close out this letter to the church at Ephesus. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. What does the next verse say? All right. How many of you were in pastor's discipleship, spiritual warfare class recently? Some of you were. Ah, excellent. And d- did you all finish it or you're in it? Some of you are in it now. You finished, Irene, and then you two ladies just started. She's auditing the class. All right, she's in there again. So it started again last night, right? Awesome. Pastor's a great teacher, and I think, if I'm, if I'm correct, I think he's already started in with the full armor of God. So look at this. Here we are, Ephesians chapter 6. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now, did you notice this about the Apostle Paul's letter? He is dealing predominantly with people and their wills, the soul realm, before he even gets to chapter 6. Did you notice that? In this book, he's talking about us, our wills, our emotions, our habits, the things we're doing right and wrong. He's correcting and, and encouraging, but then now he's talking about spiritual warfare. So he's dealt with the soul and body realm. And now, which soul remembers mind, will, and emotions, but now he's dealing with the spiritual realm. So he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We would all do well to remember that. You ain't fighting against people. According to Scripture, the bulk of the battle is against people without bodies. You say, man, are you talking about ghosts? No, I'm talking about demons. That's what Scripture says. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. What else? And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Wow. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. That was verse 13. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. After the battle. Let's let's go back to that. Verse 13. I want to do that again, and I think that's going to be my stopping place for tonight with the verse by verse. So therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Is this the time to resist the enemy? It always has been, but it's really time. It really is. Now, I, I need to be clear about something. Not everything is the enemy. Most of the time, our battle is with our own carnal nature, but the enemy plays games with that. And you have the battlefield of the mind, okay? The enemy, that's where he attacks us, is in our mind, okay? With our will, our emotions, our our decision-making abilities. So put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. What does that mean? Well, temptation, desire to do wrong. Temptation covers everything, really. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I like, I like the older translation says, and having done all to stand. Stand. <laughs> I'm reminded of the heroes of old, you know, in some of the movies we see, where you see the, the hero is already so defeated, or no, they've defeated everyone, but they're bloody, 
and all they do at the end is stand, but they're swaying on their feet. <laughs> you ever felt like that? You're like, I don't know how we got out of that, but I'm here. I'm still standing. Somebody say, I'm still standing. Here you are. I need to remind everybody tonight of the obstacles you've walked through, the obstacles you've kicked over, the obstacles you've walked around, climbed over, dug under, blew up, whatever it was you went through. Here you are today, and you thought, man, I'm not going to make it, but here you are. You are a miracle. You're a miracle. You've come this far by faith. Don't forget that. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, someone say after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And I need to remind you of something. There is spiritual warfare. There's a lot that goes on in the unseen world that we do not see according to Scripture, and that's important. But you also need to remember this. There's other things that affect our soul. What are some things that affect our mind, will, and our emotions? Well, how about grief? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. God is with me, but it's crazy. Sometimes I get sudden grief. I just miss my mom. I, I think about her. Something reminds me of her. Last night, my wife looked at me, and she goes, Man, I miss mom. We were watching the election unfold. Mom loved it. It's the Super Bowl for the Sinners. Every four years, the election's like the Super Bowl, man. I'm telling you. And then Jonathan's running, so we're just, yeah, you know. By the way, Pastor Jonathan won big. I think the final, let's give the Lord a clap offering for that. As of last night, the final vote count was his year of birth, 1980 to 300 and something. He did really good. So I'm going to tell you about Jonathan. This is a little off the subject. But he don't lower his game for anybody. You ever played basketball with him or watched him play basketball? Oh, he's rarely the biggest guy on the court. He's not a big guy, but everything's the championship of the whole world. He's playing. He'll injure himself playing because he's just got hustle, and that's the way he does everything. He says, no. He says, I said, John, man, I, I think you're going to win great, man. Do you want to you hit it this hard? And he said, bro, have you ever seen a team lower their level of gameplay to play a sorrier team, and then they didn't do good and they lost? And I said, yeah. He said, I can't do that. I said, then let's go. Let's go. That's how you play the game. Great, Jonathan. You play it like it's the end of the world. <laughs> so you got to hang in there and do that. Now, I was, I was talking about, I got, I got into all kinds of stuff there. But I started off with saying, man, I still miss my mom sometime, and that's normal. Grief affects your soul, doesn't it? How about a broken heart or disappointment or someone broke their word to you, to you or it just didn't work out like you thought it would or someone betrayed you? That messes with your soul realm. But remember, once again, we are one and three and three and one. Remember, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, right? Your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. So that means you are affected by physical things. You're affected by emotional things, and you're also affected by spiritual things. So we're not just a mind. You're not just a body. You're not just a spirit, right? People all know he was a ghost. No, it wasn't no ghost. It was a demon. If the house is haunted, it's a demon. It ain't a ghost. You, maybe you call demons ghosts, but no. It's a disembodied spirit or whatever. That's a demon. But, but remember this. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I need to remind you of something. You have authority in all three realms. 
You say, no, I just have it in my body here, man. I could say, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Yeah, but you could also say, in Jesus' name, my mind, my will, and my emotions is healed. And in Jesus' name, that spirit has to get out of here. You've got authority in three realms. That's powerful. A lot of people don't have that. Why? Because they don't know. They haven't accepted Jesus. Remember Jesus? He would cast out demons, but then he walked on water, and he healed the sick. And then he dealt with issues of the heart. Remember the woman at the well? Jesus dealt with all of it, and that's you. You're called to be Christ-like. This house is full of winners. I'm going to tell you right now. Y'all are winners. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear that tonight, but you're going to make it. And sometimes you may have felt like, man, I, I don't know. I've been there. I've been there. I said, man, Lord, I, man, if I could just testify to y'all real quick. There were times, man, I was going through it, and I'd be driving over here on a Sunday morning thinking, how am I going to preach, man? I can barely even get to the church. I'm, I just, I didn't even know what it was. I was going through stuff, and I know some of y'all have been, been through that. You say, man, I can't even do this anymore. God is with you. You think he's forgotten? No. If the IRS remembers your address, then they have not forgotten, I promise or that student loan you took out 800 years ago? They remember your address? Oh, no. God knows exactly where you are. He can find you, and he's with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. So get in this word and stay in this word. Put on every piece of God's armor. One, one translation says the full armor of God, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Are there any questions tonight? I knew there wouldn't be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you glory for your people. Every man and woman in this house, Lord God, I just thank you for them because you are faithful and they are faithful to you, God. I trust you because you said it, and I know that if you've said it, you will do it. It may not be the means in which I expected. If you said it, it may not be what I was hoping for exactly, but I know you're going to take care of business. And I know that our hope is not being deferred. It's not being put off. Now is the time to hope in you, God. Now is the time. Regardless of circumstances, now is the time to really walk in faith and hope, God. There's hope for the future, and that hope leads us to faith, which says, man, I, I can't see it completely, but I believe. And I'm telling you this right now. I pray that God help you to see it, even though you don't have it yet. Because that's faith. That's the faith that moves mountains. When you can imagine it, you say, no, I see that I'm in a new house. I see that my kids are saved. I see that our relationship is restored. I see that our marriage is healed. I see that God has brought a husband or a wife. I see that God is taking care of what he said he's going to do. I see that God is with me. I see that he's answering my prayers. I can't see it in the physical, but I can imagine it in my mind. And I know that that is what God has called me to do. God is with you. Now is not the time to despair. Now is the time to be hopeful, to praise him, because he always comes through. Is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I need to make sure my heart is right with God? Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. No condemnation here. God is doing something in you. He's doing something in you. God bless you. He's doing something in you. I want everybody in the house to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father. I know, yeah, say it again, say, I know, I know Jesus is my Savior, and He is my Lord. 
but I need some help right now. I want to stand up against temptation, and I, I ask that you forgive me, Lord, for any time I've given in. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I believe, and I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. With that same spirit of reverence, let me just pray a blessing over you. Father, we thank you that in these trying times, we are your people as always. And Lord, your hand of grace and mercy and power and anointing and protection and provision and peace is on us like never before. I declare blessing and hope over your people tonight. Checking us out on the live stream and those in this house. Lord, it is done and we agree and we thank you. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. I'm so delighted y'all showed up tonight. At first, there was like two people in here. I said, well, 